worship you, Father. We honor you and praise you and bless you, Father. We thank you, thank you, thank you for all you've done for us this morning. We lift up your wonderful name. You are awesome. We thank you, Father. We worship you and praise you. We thank you, Jesus, this morning. We praise you and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Worship you this morning. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be together this morning. Our hearts and our minds are open to receive what you have for us. And like Lori said earlier, Father, we thank you for a great upcoming year. We thank you so much for all you've done for us in the past. And we thank you, Father, our best days truly are straight ahead. And we thank you for a great time together this morning. We worship you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. Let's say our confession this morning before we're seated. Good to see y'all. Amen. Okay, let's say it together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Tell the person next to you, you are loved. Amen. You may be seated. We thank God for our pastors this morning. Amen. We honor them and appreciate all they've done for us. Amen. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I would just as soon Pastor Bill or Pastor Pam would preach. Amen? And I could just sit there and receive, but uh, I count it a high honor to have the opportunity to share. Amen? The title of this morning's word is Jesus is the center. Amen? Everybody say Jesus Jesus. is the center. center. Actually, the title is Jesus at the center, but he is the center also. Amen? And uh, they began that song. I've been playing this song uh, for the last, uh, well, all last night and then all this morning and on in the car on the way here this morning, uh, Hillsong sings that song. And then Pastor Pam started playing that song. Kelly goes, did you tell him, uh, did you tell him to sing that song? So she thought that we were all on the same page. And I said, I said nope, I told him, asked her, asked her to sing it. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> hey, Colossians 1.15 says, he, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Amen? And then Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God spoke through the author of Hebrews, and he said, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Talking about Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah, he said, God spoke through the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he, he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory, or the brightness of God's glory, and the express image 
of his person, the express image of God's person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as Jesus has by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they have. Isn't that awesome? And then Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus arrives or shows up and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Who, the one who was, the one who is to come, the Almighty. Amen? Amen? I thank God I'm a part of a church where Jesus is put first place. Amen? Yeah. Where we can come and hear the Bible and the Holy Spirit is free to move and Jesus is made first place. Amen. Every time we get together. All over the building. Isn't it awesome? Thank you, Lord. The contentment, the fulfillment, the sense of purpose, sense of purpose in life, peace, the rest that the world is so desperately seeking, it's only found in one thing. It's only found in a continual revelation of the manifestation of God's love on the earth, Jesus. Amen? God himself manifested in the earth, Jesus. If you find yourself this morning lacking complete contentment, lacking fulfillment, lacking a sense of purpose, needing peace, needing rest, all of these can be ours and uh, with Jesus at the, cent at the center. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. At the center. <clears throat> I shared on this a, oh, a couple of years ago um, regarding Solomon's life and all that God did through him, the amazing things that God did through him, and then the end of his life when his heart turned away from the Lord, and even though God did amazing things through him and gave him all these things that were intended to be blessings, his heart grew cold toward the Lord. And uh, I want to share about it just for a couple of minutes this morning and look at Solomon's life because I think he provides us this incredible example of, um, um, of the potential of all these amazing, wonderful blessings that can be ours through faith, that you and I can attain through faith. We can get anything through faith. We put our faith on something, we can get it. Anything, we can get it. There is nothing impossible with the Lord. And through faith, we can obtain anything. But Solomon shows us the dangers, potentially, of us obtaining anything. It's a powerful example, and I think the Lord will minister to you. He has ministered to me the past few days with this message. Second Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. No one's sure exactly what age Solomon became king. His father was David, the, the same David that took down Goliath and became king of Israel. And Israel became great under David. And so Solomon was David's son. And um, so Solomon became king at a young age. And so no one knows exactly what age, but somewhere maybe as young as age 12, maybe around age 15, but a very young person when he was made king. And it said, on that night, God appeared to Solomon. And the Lord said to him, he said, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, 
You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and you have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise be to David, my, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge. Everybody say wisdom and knowledge. Solomon asked for two things. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, he said, because this was in your heart, because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, all good things, all blessings, but because he didn't seek those things, he said, God, give me wisdom and knowledge. But you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. God showed Solomon how to do things that up until that point, no one had been able to do. God gave him, uh, he showed him how to lead. He showed him how to organize. He showed him how to administer. He showed him how to inspire people. He showed him how to bring people together and unite people with vision to accomplish a task and to accomplish goals and to do things. And he was, had to be incredibly motivated to do what he did. He had to have an incredible sense of purpose to wake up every day to lead all these people to accomplish all these amazing things that we're going to read about. God put this in his heart, and uh, he blessed him in a powerful way. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 15, a little bit, just a few verses later, said, The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedars as abundant as the sycamores which are in the lowland. <clears throat> And then Second uh, Chronicles chapter 8, I just want to read about a few of the things that, that Solomon did and that God gave him the ability to do. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 6 says, It came to pass at the end of 20 years. So after a 20-year period, after this young man had asked for wisdom and knowledge, said, When Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, that the cities which Hiram had given to Solomon, Solomon built them, he settled the children of Israel there, and Solomon went to Hamath and uh, Zaboth, and he seized it. He also built Tadmor in the wilderness, and all the storage cities which he had built in Hamath. He built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bar, uh, bars. <clears throat> also, Belath, how do you say that? And all the storage cities that Solomon had and all the chariot cities, and all the cities of the Calvary, and all that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, and Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. And then down to verse 16. It said, Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. And so his fame began to go out throughout the region and around the world. And everybody began to hear about the things that he was doing. So people began to come to see him. And so we see this amazing story about a queen from a different uh, nation came to see Solomon, the queen of Sheba. 
um, somewhere in northern Africa, right, Pastor Bill? Was she from the northern Sudan? Didn't you tell me that area? Northern Ethiopia. She was a queen, queen of Sheba. And she comes in 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Listen to this story. Now, when the queen of Sheba had heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, having a very great retinue. Retinue. How do you say that? Okay. I finally asked Bill O'Brien a question he didn't know the answer to. Camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And he didn't have Google. When the queen of Sheba... When the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, when she saw the house that he built, she saw the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his, his cupbearers and their apparel, his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. It took her breath away. She said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and about your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and I saw with my own eyes. Indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you setting you on his throne to be king for the Lord your God because your God has loved Israel to establish them forever there therefore he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness and the queen gave Solomon 120 talents of gold spices in great abundance and precious stones there never were any spices such as those the queen of Sheba, Sheba gave to King Solomon. So I did some math, like every good banker. I did some math and figured out what 120 talents of gold would be worth in today's, um, today's uh, gold price. And um, if you do the math, uh, gold per troy ounce as of uh, December 28th of this year was $1,282.80 per ounce. And if you do the math, 120 talents based on how many pounds of gold that would have been and then break it out into ounces the queen of sheba gave him 168 million three hundred and ten thousand seven hundred and eighty four dollars in gold gave it to solomon and then in second chronicles chapter 9 verses 13 and 14 all these different kings and leaders and influential people from around the world uh, began to come to Solomon just to hear what he had to say and to see what he had built and what he had done. It said, the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold besides what the traveling merchants and traders brought him. All the kings of Arabia, the governors of the country, brought gold and silver to Solomon. So I did that math. So that number of talents is 50, roughly 50 tons of gold. 
And that equals, so every year Solomon received 49,950 pounds of gold. So there's 14.58 troy, we're going to have a test later, 14.58 troy, uh, troy ounces in a pound. Because a troy ounce is used to measure precious metals. So as of December 28th, gold per troy ounce, $1,282.80 times 49,950 pounds. So that's $18,703 per pound of gold. So 49,950 pounds times $18,703 equals every year 900, it matters, it's in there, right? He gave us, the Lord gave us these numbers to show what could be accomplished with, with his wisdom and his knowledge. Every year, kings and leaders and influential people brought him $934,124,850. So every month, let's break it down per month. Put it in our world, right? $77,851,000 per month. Every week, this is the amount of gold that these people brought Solomon. $17,963,000 a week. <laughs> Bill said that's only 15 minutes in U.S. government spending. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so his weekly paycheck every Friday, $17,963,939. Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22 said, So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. All the kings of the earth, they sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. Each man brought his present. They brought articles of silver, of gold. They brought garments, armor, spices, horses, mules at a set rate year by year. In Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 25, what do you do with all that gold? Well, you build stuff. And he built things. <clears throat> Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots. He had 12,000 horsemen. So he reigned over all of the kings. He reigned over all the kings. <laughs> and the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. And cedar trees as abundant as the sycamores. But something happened in Solomon's life. In 1 Kings 11. All these things that God had intended to be blessings in his life. All these things that he was able to acquire and achieve and build and attract through wisdom, through knowledge that God had given him in the first place. Later on in his life, 
Everybody say, but King Solomon. First Kings chapter 11, verse 1. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, and many is a lot. <laughs> but King Solomon loved many foreign women as, the daughter, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. He loved the women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and the Hittites from the nations of whom, of whom the Lord had said. Say, the Lord had said. The Lord had said to the children of Israel, do not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Because if you do, surely they will turn away your hearts after other gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 mistresses, and his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that the wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. <clears throat> we have Solomon's writings when his heart was loyal to the Lord in the book of Proverbs and we see the tremendous bits and pieces of the tremendous wisdom that God had put in his heart in the book of Proverbs and <clears throat> awesome book of wisdom. And then in the book of Ecclesiastes, we see a glimpse into Solomon's heart after he turned his heart away from the Lord. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, this is what Solomon says. He said, I made my works great. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. God showed him how to build irrigation systems. He said, I acquired male and female servants. I acquired for myself silver. I had gold. I had the special treasures of kings. And of the provinces, I acquired male and female singers and musical instruments of all kinds. I became great, and I excelled more than all who were before me. He said, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. pleasure. Verse 17. We see the glimpse into the heart of a person who does not withhold anything from their eyes or does not withhold any pleasure from their heart. Solomon said, therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all its vanity and it's all grasping for the wind. Solomon had unlimited wealth he had fame. He had admiration of people, admiration of leaders and kings, influential people with money, people that with power. He had admiration. He had respect. He had honor. He had comfort. He had entertainment. He had luxury. He had the best food. He had unlimited access to sexual pleasure. He had everything that the world says, if you get this, you're going to be happy. He had it all. But at the end of his life, after his heart turned from the Lord, he realized the more he had, the more his flesh wanted. The more he, fled, the more he fed his flesh, 
the more his flesh desired. And he began to understand as his spirit grew weak and his flesh grew strong, he began to realize there is no satisfaction in the flesh. The more I feed this flesh, the more this flesh wants. It's good preaching. <laughs> Amen. He found that there is no contentment in the pursuits of the flesh. He found that at the end of the day, none of that stuff could satisfy his core need for God. Amen? He found that all those things, all the things of the world, unlimited, all those things do not satisfy. Amen? All those things that God had intended to be blessing, intended to bless him, intended to bring him comfort and satisfaction and admiration, all those things that God wants to bless his children with. Amen? But Solomon found without, without God at the center, none of those things satisfy. They're all empty. Amen? They're all empty. Have you all found that out like I have? So when I started working at Centier Bank in 2008, um, one of the first things we did, we went to the annual... Um, banquet where they recognize everyone for performance and and so um they rec they had this annual award called lender of the year and there's a there's about 800 employees there's 40 people that do what i do do what i do and every year they recognize someone as lender of the year and i said oh i want to do that i want to be that <laughs> I want to be lender of the year. And so I made a screensaver, L-O-T-Y. I put a little sign up on my, in my office, L-O-T-Y, lender of the year. And so I began to put my faith out towards it and began to thank the Lord. Father, I thank you that I'll be lender of the year in Jesus' name. Well, eight years later, God brought those relationships into my life that would allow me to do enough, to generate enough loan volume, to bring enough fees into the bank, that uh, so for 2000, it was an amazing year. So, and I give God all the credit <clears throat> in 2016. So a good year for a commercial lender might be $20 million in loans. In 2016, I did $96 million in loans. So a good year in fee income for a, for a commercial lender might be um, about $100,000 in fees. That year I did $965,000 in fee income. And, and I'm absolutely convinced it's because I put it out there in front of me and kept it in front of me and kept going after it. Amen? And kept thanking the Lord for it and giving towards it and believing for it. And uh, so that in 2016, they had the awards banquet and they said, lender of the year, da-da-da. I walk up, get the trophy, shake the president's hand, take the picture. Yes! <laughs> Winning! Nothing like winning, right? <laughs> Come back down and I sit down and I had this thought. That didn't feel quite like I thought I was going to feel. <laughs> I've been working my butt off for that. <laughs> I took a lot of effort and a lot of time and a tremendous amount of concentration and work and effort and effort and sweat and work and effort. <laughs> and I got a trophy. <laughs> There was some satisfaction involved, but the real satisfaction comes with Jesus at the center. Amen? 
So growing up, my dad owned a body shop. I was around cars my whole life growing up. And um, so my dad always had cool cars. He'd, he would buy an old car, take it apart, completely restore it, fix it up, It'd be amazing. He had a lot of cool cars, and so I was around cars. So I really liked cars growing up. I used to read uh, Road and Track magazine and Motor Trend uh, from cover to cover, and so I had all the cars memorized zero to 60 times, and I knew exactly what I wanted uh, when I got older, right? Had a picture of a Porsche 911 on my, on my wall growing up as a kid. What are you laughing at? I did, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Right. Oh. So I had a picture of a red Porsche 911 on my wall uh, when I was growing up. A couple of years ago, God gave me ability to get a, a Porsche 911. And so uh, as I'm driving within the speed limit, top down on a beautiful blue sky, sunny day, screaming down the highway, looking for Rodney. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was very content with that car for about two weeks. And then I saw one that looked better than mine. I'm serious. This is something I really wanted. Really wanted. And I had put my faith out there. And I grabbed hold of it by faith, and I thanked the Lord for it. And he gave it to me. And, but not long into owning it, it didn't bring the satisfaction and contentment I thought it was going to bring. <laughs> Amen? <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is God who gives you the power to get wealth, that God may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, and if you follow other gods and serve and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. <clears throat> the book of uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 says that in Jesus, at the leading of the Holy Spirit, actually I want to read it, Colossians chapter 2 it actually wasn't in my notes, so it won't be on the PowerPoint. Colossians 2, 3 says, um, Paul is praying. He said that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This, you and I have access to the same wisdom and the same knowledge that God had graciously granted to Solomon as a young king. Hidden in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen? By faith in Jesus, you and I have access to all the wisdom that God had given to, uh, to King Solomon. In the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 42... Matthew 12, 42, Jesus stood up and he said, the queen of the south, he's talking about the queen of Sheba. He said, the queen of the, the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed a greater, everybody say greater, a greater, <laughs> a greater than Solomon yeah. is here. Yeah. Amen. 
Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Jesus, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. God can do it through you. He can do it through me. We can have anything our heart desires if we go after it by faith. Anything. But Jesus gave us a stern warning in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I don't think this is in the PowerPoint either. Luke 12, 15. Jesus said to them, he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, because life does not consist in the abundance of things that one possesses. Amen? All the great things that God intends to be blessings in our life, none of them will satisfy without Jesus at the center. With him at the center, they'll bring satisfaction. With him at the center, first place on the throne of our life, all those wonderful things that God wants to bless us with, they'll bring us the contentment, fulfillment, satisfaction, joy. They'll add to our lives instead of detract from it. Amen? With him at the center with him on the throne of our life all those wonderful blessings will be blessings amen after all of solomon's amazing achievements recognition wealth fleshly pursuits he found that in the end it simply did not satisfy his core need for god he had everything that the world says will bring happiness and satisfaction But in the end, he hated life because his heart turned away from the Lord. Because Colossians 1.15 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Jesus and for him. He is before all things and in him All things consist. Uh, If you look at the definition of consist and think about that word, it, it holds things together. He holds marriages together. He'll keep the mind right. He'll keep our priorities in order. Amen? He'll not allow... Our flesh can go crazy on things and desire things that are not God's best for us. But with Him at the center and Him... On the throne of our life he'll keep it all in order amen and then we can enjoy all the blessings of life rather than have them destroy our lives amen look at all the different talents and gifts and abilities that he's given each of us one person created with an engineering mind that has ability to design and build better machines with Jesus at the center that person is gonna find total fulfillment total contentment in life building better machines amen Another person created with the gift to teach. That person's going to find total fulfillment teaching with Jesus at the center. If that person removes Jesus from the center, they will find no fulfillment in the thing they were born to do. Even if they're doing the thing they were born to do, if they take Jesus off the throne of their life. Another person created with the gift to nurture and care for children. Amen? That person's going to find total fulfillment caring and nurturing children with Jesus on the throne of their life. Another person like Andy Gahabe and others uh, in the church here 
created with an understanding, a gift from the Lord of how things work, <laughs> how things are put together. When things break, how to look at them and understand how to put them back together and make them work only from God. Has to be from the Lord. Amen? For Andy to know how to do the things that he does. Amen? Does he have special training, proper training? Not, I, not much, I don't think. It's a gift from the Lord. God put it in his heart. Amen? Well, if that person keeps Jesus at the center, in the center, on the throne of their life, they can go to job to job, people to uh, a house to house, situation to situation, apartment to apartment, fix things all day long and be completely fulfilled doing it. Amen? Take Jesus off the throne of their life, they'll find no fulfillment in doing the thing that they're called to do. All of us fulfilling God's plan for our life, utilizing our gifts and talents in the way that he designed for us to use them. Amen? But Jesus must be at the center. He has to be on the throne of our life in order for us to find that true contentment, true fulfillment. Amen? Thank you, Father. In him, we have peace. In him, we have rest. Amen? Life is not about running. Life is not about doing. Life is not about achieving. Life is about resting in him and just doing what he's called us to do. Amen? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Therefore, it says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Amen? Work cannot be the center of our lives. Career and achievement cannot be the center of our lives. Family cannot be the center of our lives. If you worship family, you're going to find disappointment in that family. <laughs> Amen? Hobbies, entertainment cannot be the center. Leisure cannot be the center. Boy, sometimes you think if I can just get some time off, just create the ultimate man cave and have 70-inch high-def TV and just create the perfect situation for enjoying all the big games. It'll, it'll bring joy if Jesus is at the center. Amen? Without him at the center, you're thinking, is this all there is to it? I've created the ultimate man cave. Why am I not peaceful? Why does this not bring me the happiness that I've been working so hard to achieve? Because Jesus must be at the center. Three keys, three keys for 2019 to keep Jesus at the center. Amen? Three keys for you and for me. Number one, don't allow sin to go unconfessed in your life. You say, I've been struggling with this thing for so long. Well, thank God for his grace. Amen. Because his grace is sufficient for you and his grace is sufficient for me. The blood of Jesus was a sufficient price for all of our sin. For you and I to think that we have done something that, that Jesus did not pay the price for is for you and I to say that the cost of his son's blood was not sufficient. And it was. Amen. Amen. For every rotten thing we have ever done, every rotten thing that you and I did yesterday and last week and last month in 2018 and every year prior to that, his blood was sufficient to cover it all. Amen? Amen. You and I were not designed to carry the burden of sin. It's a heavy weight. It's a heavy burden. And God did not intend for us to carry it. He intended to go, for us to go through life free of sin. Amen? Free of the burden of that sin. And we get that freedom through faith in him. Amen. 
Number two, the second key for keeping Jesus at the center is to make time for God's word. All these different things grabbing for our time and uh, wanting our attention. Make time for the word, read the word, listen to the word. We've got to make the word a priority for 2019. We create an environment in our home where God's word is given priority over movies. It's given priority over sports. I don't even think we have to say anymore, you know what, all those things are fun. Go ahead and do all that. We don't even have to give ourselves permission. We're going to do it, <laughs> right? Amen. We're going to find time for sports and movies and all those things, but we've got to make God's word a priority in our life. Amen? And then the third, the third key to uh, keeping Jesus at the center of our life is to be quick to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I have to believe, you know, as Solomon started to marry, um, how many, as he started, as his heart started to grow cold toward the th towards the things of the Lord, with all the things that God had done for him and the wisdom that God had put in his heart, have to think that those initial stages when his heart started to turn from the Lord, that God was drawing him back to him. Amen? And so I think it's very important to us that we are quick to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit and don't shut down the, the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. And those little things that he's telling us to do, uh, the thing that he's telling us to read, the, the thing he's telling us to give up, the relationship he's telling us to be cautious about, the thing he's telling us to avoid, uh, the last thing that he told us to do, I think it's important in order to keep Jesus at the center, go back and do that last thing. Amen? And be quick to obey when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Amen? Let's all stand up this morning. want to pray for you this morning if you're here say pray for me Jesus is not at the center of my life regardless of who you are and how long you've been coming and where you're at in life you'd say this morning Jesus is not at the center but that's the desire of my heart for 2019 we're all going to pray together if you're here this morning and you say I've never made Jesus the Lord of your life never made Jesus the Lord of my life maybe you're here this morning and you've walked away allowed some other things into your life that you know are not God's best for you that are taking you down a path you know you don't want to go I want to pray with you this morning so all across the room this morning if that's you you'd say would you please pray for me pray for me this morning could you lift your hand up let's pray together amen buddy here this morning anybody else Let's all pray together this morning. Amen. Say thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your love for me. I receive your love. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. This morning, Father, ask you for your forgiveness. Jesus is Lord over every area of my life. In Jesus' name. Jesus.
Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's go out with a powerful confession this morning. Amen. Anybody else need prayer in any area of your life? If you need prayer in any area of your life this morning, if you need a, a breakthrough in your life in any area, maybe a breakthrough in relationships or finances or just different situations, maybe it's something that you've caused, a door that you've opened, whatever it may be, you just need a breakthrough in your life. I want to pray and agree with you this morning. We're going to all going to pray together. So all across the room, can you raise your hand up in the air? Let's pray together. If you need a breakthrough, want us to pray for you this morning. Good. I said, are you okay? She goes, I'm good. Amen. Anybody else? Can we make sure we've all got someone in agreement with us this morning? Two hands over here, Don. Right here. Jerry and Karen, if you could agree with her. Let's pray together this morning. My Father, you see each hand that's lifted this morning, and we just pray, and we agree in Jesus' name for wisdom, for knowledge, for insight. For creativity we thank you for breakthrough on behalf of each person in Jesus name we thank you Holy Spirit we're open to allow you to lead us to show us what to do we thank you for breakthrough father we agree on it in Jesus name everybody said amen let's go out with this powerful confession this morning amen Jesus is the center of my life in everything I put God first. I make time, I make time. For, God's word. for God's Word. I give priority to God's Word. I hear the Holy Spirit. I obey the Holy Spirit. I obey them. My heart is yielded to my Father. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, Lord. Jesus is the center Jesus of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Amen. Go and be blessed. Have an awesome week. We'll see y'all next time. Amen.